I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I don't even know if I should be telling you this. Maybe it's time to part ways with Harsnag. Say, how do you fare in, uh, amid the goose market? The new Nightstone 4 motto. Bad guys is actually a relative term. And it's always stuck with me as a, as a... But you have names. If he was bare-bummed, it would be blushing to the high heavens. I, quite frankly, I, I don't care. Hey, Red, come here and take a look at this. A surge of warmth and light radiates through my hands and descends upon his body. Cleric power! Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 76, Eye for an Eye. MVP this week is Lincoln Ramos for reaching out on Instagram and saying some truly kind words. Thank you for making our day, friend. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a positive review on iTunes or Podchaser. It helps a ton. It's almost time for InvictusCon 2021. Join us this weekend for three jam-packed, incredible days of cast and community-run RPGs, massive online multiplayer video games and matchmaking, educational panels, cosplay and costume gallery, artist alley, and more. The full schedule for all events is at our website, www.dicechainpodcast.com. And thank you so much to everyone who's volunteered to help out by running games. This is going to be a blast. Hope to see you there. All right, should we get down to business? Let's do it. You drag yourselves from the shores of the frozen lake soaked and dazed, teeth chattering from the cold, and in reaction to the encounter with the giant ice centipede monster thing. 
you can hear its distant sounds reverberating through the water, an alien scream of agony and frustration at being denied its prey. That was damn close, Red says as he does that animal thing and shakes. Yeah. Harshnag just shakes his head. (laughs) Fresh water. Those ice worms get even bigger in the ocean. What the hell was that? I can't believe it, Doran says as he stands there looking just miserable, dripping wet. Um, kind of holding his arms out from his side, you know, <laughs> blip, blip, blip. like a little kid in a snowsuit. He's shivering. <laughs> oh. Let's make a fire quickly. And Red heads over to the tree line and just strikes up a fire just to get warm and dry. Yeah, totally. Assuming that we're relatively far away from this hideous monster. Yeah. So you're on your way again to Everland. You are traveling parallel to the road. Harshnag wants to keep out of sight. Um, yeah. So you're traveling just north of the road, sort of hugging the Ravin River. Yeah, I think we'll find sort of like a stony outcropping, something that we can get a little bit of cover to warm up. Mm-hmm. Take a short rest there, do some healing, roll some hit dice. I don't know if this is going to be canon, but we ended last episode with Kraloth floating on his balloon pack to Everland. <laughs> and I am 100% okay with you guys meeting Kraloth there. I, I don't think that the balloon pack moves faster than walking speed. So we're just so I think faster. you are traveling with them, but you're Hi, just like twenty feet above them. Is there a way to uh, deactivate this thing? Just get comfortable with heights. Yeah, this is like what do you call it? Embrace Immersion it. therapy, where you're just floating, freaking out for a while, and then you just don't care. When you look up balloon pack online, the first thing that comes up is not D and D. It's just a pack of balloons. Of by hey guys, you want a balloon pack? Oh, yeah, right. Party store balloon pack three um, ninety. The levitation for balloon pack only lasts 10 minutes. So, Kraloth, maybe you're like, see you in Everland. And then you just start going down. 10 minutes later, they find you on the road. Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly. That's exactly. I like the idea that you land and you don't even move. You're just like defeated. Yeah, I just, yeah, just his face is ashen. He's just staring forward with sweat and snow falling on him. (laughs) Like your butt's still in the air, shivering slightly. (sighs) Hey, buddy, uh, we're just going to start a fire here. That is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Come on. So you guys settle down with the fire. You get warm, dry off, heal up, take a short rest maybe. Yeah. I think after we are warm, Red pulls out one of those silver berries and just hands it to Harshnag. Maybe hold on to this and if we tell you to, just pop it in your mouth just in case because we want to fly under the radar and and these help you go invisible. Hopefully they're not by mass. I would need a great many of these in that case. Yeah, it's like every silverberry converts, you know, 100 kilograms of mass to invisible. (laughs) 10 pounds. So, yeah, you travel throughout the rest of the day and then make camp at night and break camp the next day. You'll be making your way to Everland today. You trudge through the snow. It's getting deeper as you travel closer to Everland and the land grows colder and quieter as you travel. I'm looking forward to seeing B and Oren again, frankly, and our horses. Yeah. Say, what do we want to do with them once we start using the portals? Mm. Maybe we should find a place to stable them long term in Everland. I agree. It's not fair to drag these horses around. At the same time, it'd be nice to keep them somewhere in case we ever want to say hi. I'm sure they'll be fine here. Maybe eventually we could pay someone to take them down to the orphanage. Mm -hmm. Now that's a side adventure just waiting to happen. You hear the sounds of travelers on the road, the crunch and squeak of a wooden cart, and the footfalls of iron horseshoes, some quiet talking. It seems like there are people traveling the road alongside you. 
Uh, can we see them or just hear? You can just hear them now because you're some distance from the road, maybe, I don't know, 100 meters or so, but with some hills in between. Red just holds up a hand, and we'll just do a quick scout ahead. Sure. And I'll, I'll do a sneaky with a nine. Hmm. Sneaky nine, eh? As you poke your head up out of the ditch to look up at the road, a wooden wagon on two large wheels being pulled by a shaggy brown horse just kind of rolls by exactly where you are. And it's traveling in the same direction as you, somewhat more slowly than you guys are traveling. So you've caught up to it, it seems. There are two human men sitting on the back of the cart, their feet dangling and kicking off the edge, and two other men walking behind, chatting with them. Doesn't seem like they've noticed you, Red. Do I notice any insignia, any sort of way to understand where they might be coming from or who they belong to? Why don't you roll an insight? Happily. I want to hear this happily. That would be a 16. Well. How? <laughs> a 16. 16. There you go. They're wearing clothes that are kind of similarly made to each other. Rough spun wool that are dyed a similar color, worn leathers. What color? Brown, green. Oh. Mm. But I don't oh, recognize them. Okay, and they're heading towards Everland. Yeah, and so there's two dudes sitting on the back of this cart that's full of, like, bushels. I will skulk back towards the party. <sighs> there are some guards on the road carrying some bushels towards Everland. They might spot the giant if we get too close. Hmm. Thoughts? How far are we from Everland? Like four hours travel. Maybe it's time to part ways with Harsnag till we meet up in Mirabar. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Hey, big guy! Uh... Are you okay if we part ways? Of course. Be safe, small folk. I just want to say it's been really wonderful to meet you, and uh, and Red hugs his calf. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, you take that with you. It'll bring you good luck. Thank you for everything, Harshnag. We'll see you in Mirabar on the twenty fifth. Of course. We, we certainly wouldn't have been able to conquer that uh, sea centipede without your uh, help there. Thank you. I mean, we ran away from it, but. You know what I mean. Survive. Conquer it by running. We wouldn't have been able to <laughs> run away with it without your help. <laughs> Survive, conquered. I look forward to us getting some answers. Me too. Mm -hmm. It will be very cold for you up north. Not like this. You'll need new equipment in Mirabar for our trek to the spine of the world. We'll make sure we do. Thanks, Harshnag. Thank you, Harshnag. Have a Harshnagging day. What does that mean? Why don't you ever do anything for me? <laughs> he heads off at an angle, like northwest, uh, kind of like a loping run. He covers a lot of ground quickly. It's like, cool. Boom, 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 boom. He's a pretty cool guy. Literally, because he's frosty. He's a frost uh, guy. Do you yeah. think we should ask these um, guards to give us a lift in a town? Just because, why not? Yeah, we might as well walk with them, keep them company. They seem friendly enough by the sounds of it. I mean, I rolled insight on them. I didn't get the sense that they were like... Bad. No, they're like laughing and joking with each other. Oh, well, then you they're good guys. Bad guys don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, bad guys don't laugh and Bad guys around. don't laugh. And when they do, it's pretty obvious they're bad guys. <laughs> what yeah. is a good bad guy? Bad guys laugh like this. Or <laughs> 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 the way Jack laughs. Right. They don't laugh like we Dur do. <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference between good guys and bad guys now, really? It's yeah, the laugh. Real That's right. Perspective. You know what? On a total side note, I've been having this conversation a lot recently with my son. He's like, they're bad guys. And I'm like, 
Bad guys is actually a relative yeah. term. There's actually nine alignments, Liam. <laughs> There's lawful good, chaotic. But like stormtroopers, I mean, they're not really bad. I mean, wait, hold so on. So you're telling bad. him that you're teaching your son that the empire is good. <laughs> well, what's good yeah. and bad? What I'm hearing is <laughs> Nazis are okay. What I did say was that the emperor <laughs> was bad. That exactly. Right. No. Oh, but I guess yeah. If you're looking from the at, perspective like, of Germany, <laughs> did a lot of good. <laughs> you sound like my grandfather. <laughs> anyway, yeah, mind who? Um, but that all joking aside. Um, all right, let's go see if the caravan wants to, you know, keep us company, and we'll head out towards the road. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, travelers! So you guys head out towards the road, all yeah. four of you, and the two dudes who are sitting in the back of the wagon, so they're like facing the rear, I guess. They both sort of wave at you guys. Ho, oh, travelers! Yourselves. Hello. <laughs> Share some company. Yeah, come on over. All right. Maybe Red will scamper up the back and head towards the person in the front and sit next down to the driver. There's no driver, actually, of the cart. <gasps> Ghost. A horse kind of plodding along, pulling this cart. Hi, horsey. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, so there's these dudes just hanging out, and they're like, uh, you just came out of the woods there. Like, nothing. It's, that's cool. Are you guys a hunting party? What, what's? We're a party party. We go place to place, bringing good will uh, towards men. Hey, you didn't hear anything about any dwarves in the area, did you? No. The uh, the other guy who's sitting on the back of the cart scratches his beard. We just came out of the uh, high forest ourselves, so uh, haven't been in civilization for a little while. Hey, we hear that. And Red hops down and walks alongside his friends. Hey, I, I didn't really think about that, but I guess we sort of ditched those dwarves. They might be a little bit angry. But if that letter got to them and, and they understood why we left, then maybe they'll be fine. Oh, we can only hope. And I looked at Doran. Doran is deep in thought as he trudges along the snowy path. He's looking at his feet. He looks up. He catches Red's eyes looking at him and immediately diverts them back to the ground and then looks up at Red again to try and make it seem not so obvious. <laughs> you know what? I think I will roll insight on Doran. I think, I think this is a fair moment. Based on all the other times, you know, Doran has never acted. Doran, it's my time. If he was bare bummed, it would be blushing to the high heavens. Are you so. going to roll deception against his insight? Yes. All right, let's do this. Contested. Um, oh, damn, a negative one. So three. <laughs> Versus 21. Whoa. Doran okay. is an open book. And it's not necessarily that you can put together everything that happened or why he's feeling the way he's feeling, but you can absolutely read him. Doran supported Red when B came and Doran gave him the tough love speech and, you know, made him feel connected. And Red is really fascinated by Doran's past for many reasons. So he sort of makes eyes at Doran and sort of nods and uh, gestures to the back, maybe of the cart as the two others are at the front talking with the guys, or we go to the front as the two others trying to separate so we can talk. One of the brothers is like showing you guys what's in these bales on the wagon. Maybe Jack. It's and fucking Crayon. hay. Check it out. <laughs> Look how nice this hay. You is. ever seen hay? <laughs> They're bales of furs. It's for horses. Ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> They're like leafing through these different kinds of animal furs to show you the pelts, like fox, mink. Elk, deer, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, <laughs> what? What? Jack catches himself in a whole moment of like halfway. Oh, I really wonder what trapper culture in the high forest is like. But he's way too distracted about thinking about Waterdeep to take any notes. So he's just sort of like nodding and smiling and asking questions, but not 
absorbing anything they tell him, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Red hangs back with Doran, and he's like, Doran, I can tell something's on your mind. What happened with Chaos Hammer and you? <sighs> uh, Red, you can read me like a book. I'm not proud of it, but uh, I don't even know if I should be telling you this. That's, uh, maybe, maybe I'm not the maybe I'm not the dwarf that you thought I was. Chaos Hammer's called me out on something that I embellished on, and he's trying to blackmail me. I, but I, I didn't let him, and I just hope it doesn't come back to bite me. I, quite frankly, I, I don't care because at the end of the day, I, I stand by my actions always and forever. It's who I am, but. He can try what he wants. Red puts a hand on Doran's shoulder and even drops back a little more than before. And almost quietly to Doran, he speaks and he says, Doran, I don't think you're the same person I met that first day. I think you've shown yourself to be a compassionate person. And whatever happened in the past, whatever problems might have happened i sincerely believe that you are a good person that deserves a second chance and as red says this he says it with a surprising weight a knowing weight and he catches your eye for a second and then looks back forward and says we don't need to speak of it anymore and he sort of pats you and then heads up towards the other two and um as you look into doran's eyes there's a a, w- a welling mm. tear uh, that that quickly dissipates back into his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> she sucks it back. Don't even wipe it away. It's just no tear do escapes Doran's yeah. face. And Doran I want to give uh, both of you guys inspiration. Hey. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. I like that. Cool. Good job. Yeah. And red and red heads up to the others, but with. But Doran, you do catch a very odd look from Red. It's a weird knowing acceptance. Mm-hmm. And he sort of heads back up to the others. I appreciate it though, Red. I appreciate it. This family unit of furriers introduces themselves to the four of you as you travel for the next couple of hours. They try to sell you on their wares. No, we're not fucking interested. God da- No, <laughs> stop bothering us. What about two for... Stop calling me from the All back. Right. Our ducks don't need any cleaning. <laughs> it's goose in Everland. Oh, that's true. Yeah, goose. No, you're so do, right. you, uh, do you work with a tailor in town? I mean, these, these, these goods... The furs look pretty damn warm. Well, we we sell them in the market, uh, just at our stall, so not directly, no. Do you know of someone we should be in contact with? Always looking for a uh, business. Not in particular, just uh, just uh-huh. curious. Hey, say, how do you fare in uh, amid the goose market of Everland? It's a tough market. Mm-hmm. But you can't mm-hmm. skin a goose, is the thing. Or you can, but it doesn't look good. Mm. Thanks for that bit of wisdom. <laughs> You know, I heard from a furrier in high, the high forest once, you can't skin a goose. Or you can, but, but it, it doesn't, doesn't look, look good. good. <laughs> it's, it's always stuck with me as a... As a you never heard that? Oh, as common Jason the, the furry. They have names. What's his name? Theric. Hey, the uh, new Nightstone 4 motto. What are the rest of their names? 
There's so Theric Rashtia, his husband Boris Yartov, and then Theric's brothers Sam Sam and Agra Rashtia. Hey, uh, question for you. So you've been traveling for uh, a while now, a few days, right? Oh, yeah, just for this will be the third day. Have you run into any trouble on the way? Giants? I know uh, my friend here mentioned dwarves, but uh, what about giants or anything else? <laughs> giants. Stuff of legends. What do you mean? Mm. Did we see a giant? Did you see? Are a- you guys just NPCs that what? are meaningless? Yeah. Oh, okay. But you have names. <laughs> no, they don't know anything. They but don't you know have anything, names. But they're cool. We never seen any giants before. You ever seen any giants? Uh, yeah, once or twice. A couple giants. Eventually, the walled city of Everland comes into view. <laughs> Yeah, four hours cool. later. Let me fast forward anyway. No, but you, I just didn't. Theric, Boris, if you ever run into trouble, you can always stop in at the baker at Everland. It's It's been a wild time out here. I'm glad you've made it out okay. Giants are rampaging through the north. There's been some dwarven vigilantes around here recently, so so let's get safe to Everland. I mean, for real. Let's go. And then the horse steps just a little bit faster. Wait. You could have gone faster? Just a tiny bit. Why were we taking so long? His boyfriend in Waterdeep is... Wait, are we in Jalanthor? We're heading towards Everland. So the walled city of Everland comes into view, hugging the Ralvin River and surrounded by a mile of deforestation. The shadows from Everland's walls and towers extend far across the plains in the late afternoon sunlight. As you approach... Kraloth and Red, I believe you guys have the highest passive perception. You both see many figures patrolling the walls. And there are members of the city guard actually standing out front from the gate that you're entering. Look up, boys, Red says, who I imagine is sort of perched on top of the carriage. They seem overly vigilant, more so than when we left. Doran watches Red. Hey, uh, Jack. Yeah. Uh, I forgot my question. Okay. Well, <laughs> when you remember it, Kraloth, that's why I keep a notebook around always, because oh, I, I got tons it. of questions. That's it. I remember now. Can I borrow a notebook? <laughs> Good. Uh, what, what's our story? So so we've we've dealt with dwarves. There's no story. We're here to see Valharo. We're... I don't think we need to lie to the guards. We, I mean, we're not with we're not with these folks. They're humble traders. I'm just thinking that we, it might seem suspicious. Like, oh yeah, we went and we we hung out with the dwarves for a little while. We met Chaos Hammer, and then we. I came bet back if we said we're on a mission from Valharo, nobody would blink twice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with that. Members of the city guard in full regalia have pole arms crossed in front of the open doors, and they stop the merchant vehicle with you and also the four of you before you enter. State your names and business with Everland. Boris, Theric, you guys can go first. Um, <laughs> We're just going to hang out in the back here. <laughs> We're on business with Valharo. We are working in conjunction with the Harpers at Moongleam Tower. Valhalla will vouch for us. We are the Nightstone Four. They open the way and stand back to allow you to pass and there you can hear them questioning the... Uh, furriers behind you on the road gates close at sundown and open at sunrise plan travel accordingly or get approval from the high captain listen we're just returning uh back to everland here but uh security has been ramped up since uh since we left here only uh, maybe a week ago yeah she nods at you keeper of the bridges has increased watch in all shifts oh interesting interesting do you know why red shouts uh no it's not my station all right, let's go. Let's uh, hit up with B and Orin. Maybe they can shed some light. 
Mm. And I think we head back towards the tavern we stayed in. As when you came to Everland a short five days ago, the city is bustling with merchants and geese. The snow has turned to dirty slush in the gutters due to foot traffic. And the geese have turned to dirty geese in the gutters <laughs> due to traffic. Due to dirty geese traffic. Some are shaved uh, and they don't look very good. And the furrier nudges us and he's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I fucking tell you. Listen, Boris, you don't have to be like I that. I know my shit. <laughs> the, the furrier's... Uh, Say goodbye and good luck to you guys as they head off down a different road. So you head from the upriver gate down through the middle of town, passing the Bell Market. And it's kind of a similar time of day as when you first entered Everland. It's like coming up on evening. The marketplace is all packing up for the night. And you're intending to go on in a westerly direction towards Danavar's house, which is this, if you remember, this giant inn on the river. It's like a mansion, right? Yeah, it's a mansion. Um, I nudge Jack, and I'm like, better returning now, eh? I guess. Uh, So we're going to go to Waterdeep soon, though? Like, in the hour? Yeah, oh God, he's the Torin's in trouble. I, I don't. No, I just wanted to I, say. I can't hi really to think about anything right, else. Let, let, let's go. You're right. You're right. As you pass through the marketplace, uh, having your own conversation, you overhear little snippets of gossip, and actually, it seems like the marketplace is kind of clumped together. Huddles of people are talking. You hear people talk about bandits and some battle, drunken patrons of an inn, and a haunting. Mm, a haunting. Can I oh, try to overhear a conversation? Read some lips. Sure, yeah. You just want to like listen. I want to observe. Yeah, I want to read some lips. I want to do my observant tr- sure. trait. Why not? I mean, I just have to see them. So really, it. I just look. Just flaunt it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Use it. He just he just told the time. Told the time. <laughs> nope. I, I said I want to leave within the hour. That's all. Looked. But he knows what time I it is. Know. I he do. I, intimately. He's withholding. He just didn't show it. <laughs> Kraloth is going to... Um, uh, step up beside Red and put his hand on his shoulder and say, uh, see what you can find out. And I'm going to cast uh, Enhance Ability uh, oh. and use uh, Owl's Wisdom, Ooh. What? which gives you advantage on wisdom checks. So perception, insight. Wow. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can read all the lips. <laughs> I'll roll my check, which was a 14, yep. 22. Nice. You look across, I'm picturing this like a Sherlock Holmes sort of moment uh, where you like look at something and zoom in on people's mouths across the square or whatever. You hear someone say that a dozen bandits attacked Danny Varr's house and made off with all the furniture. <gasps> you hear from another side of the square someone saying that a bloody battle between some drunken patrons of the king's carriage left four dead and that it's closed for the whole day. You hear someone say, members of the city watch saw a spectral apparition last night that walked straight through the city walls. And I tell them this, and I say, we need to get to the inn, quickly. Make sure B and Orin are okay. Of course. And and yeah, we head to the inn. It looks much the same as it did the last time you were here, full of light and life. Music pouring from the windows and patrons inside eating and drinking. There's an armored guard standing at the door looking bored. Um, excuse me, uh, we heard that there was a, a, a fight here. Is, is everyone all right? Did, did anyone get hurt? No fight here. Uh, the other night? No, not here. Well, 
I don't know, whatever. Let, let's go check to see if B and Orin are okay. And I guess I'll go inside. Sure. Yeah. You go inside. There's like a hostess there standing just inside the front door. And she nods her head at the four of you. Will you be staying with us this evening or just dining? We were here a few nights ago. We're actually just looking to meet some friends. Uh, can I go up and check their room? They would have been staying in the same one, most likely. Can I take their names? Yes, B and Orin. Your name, please? Red. Red-handed yes. Robin. Wonderful. I have a message for you. Uh, B and Orin will be staying uh, at another inn just a few blocks away. It's called the Innocent Jester. Oh. Do you need directions? Uh, please, yes. She tells you how to get there. It's in the northeastern part of town, sort of between the Hall of Elders and the Mountain Gate. Uh, okay, thank you. And Red sort of, I guess a little bit concerned... Looks to Jack. Did, did they take all the horses with them? Do you know if there's anything still in the stables here? I believe they did, yes. Thanks. Great. I guess we'll head to the other place, the Jester's. The Innocent Jester. Mm-hmm. A block past the Hall of Elders, toward the Mountain Gate, a small crowd of people is standing in the street. Citizens and members of the Town Guard. The townsfolk are hanging out in small groups, chatting and looking around. A street vendor has wandered up from the bell market and is trying to hawk fried fish at the crowd. You watch as one of his would-be customers shoos him away with a sharp word. Two armored guards stand on either side of the door to the innocent jester. A friendly-looking two-story pub with a red-tiled roof and an awning out front painted with diamond shapes. Next door, the inn is neighbors to a candlemaker shop and a carpenter's workshop. You can see in the front window of the candlemaker shop that there are two more city guards talking to the shopkeeper inside. <sighs> what's, what's going on? What's wrong? Sorry, we can't let you in here, sir. Why not? There's an investigation. An invest investigation? And Red looks nervously. We have friends that are staying here. Are they all right? I'm going to message generally in the direction of the inn to Orin to see if they're within 120 feet. You don't hear a response. We have friends that were staying here. Are they all right? Honeybee of the Meadow and Orin. And he goes inside for a second and, uh, and he comes back out and he waves you in. The taproom of the innocent jester is empty except for a tired-looking member of the city guard standing by the fireplace and a woman in gray trousers, little black shoes, and a loose white shirt. She's sitting at the table in the middle of the room with a mostly empty bottle of wine in front of her and a glass. She's in the middle of talking when you walk in, and she stops when she sees you come through the door. Fadla Morrow, at your service. How can I help you? Oh, uh, Red Hand and Robin, uh, Jack Page, Kraloth, Doran. Look, we are here to try to find our friends, uh, Bee, Honey Bee of the Meadow, and Oren. The guard who's standing by the fireplace speaks up. There's been an incident. Uh, and your friends were involved, I'm sorry to say. And the color drains from Red's face. What do, what do you mean, involved? The inn was attacked late last night. Honeybee of the Meadow and Orin Yogilvy are alive. And he's pacing back and forth in front of the fireplace now. I think Red just sits down, a weight slightly off his shoulders. <sighs> God. And he, like, holds Kraloth. I'd like to take a walk around the room quick and just investigate for myself to see if I, without too many more details from them, to see how much of it I can piece together for myself. Sure. So, Jack, you want to do a little bit of investigating? I'd love to investigate. Sure. 24. 
you notice that there is an arrowhead dug deeply into the wall that's adjacent to the front door. Hey, Red, come here and take a look at this. Is this one of B's arrowheads? And Red, in a daze, sort of walks over and just sort of touches the shaft as it sticks out of the wall. And It is. It's B's. Yeah. And Red looks directly at Jack. Yeah. Yes, it is. Where are, where are they? Are they hurt at all? Captain Vico asked if... I've interrogated the witnesses and uh, been investigating this crime for the past few hours. I think we put together a fairly accurate picture of what happened here, but... Well, if you'd like to speak with Honeybee, she's upstairs. I nod to Red. Yes, very much so. Red, I guess, leaps upstairs. Jack, you're like in the middle of figuring out sort of the parabola that the arrow would have taken and realizing that when B made this shot, she was probably walking backwards toward the kitchen. There's like a rear corridor. Like she would have been moving back and firing at the same time at someone maybe coming through the front door. And uh, you sort of just put this together, deduce it as your companions are going upstairs. Are you going to stay down here and keep collecting clues or are you going to go upstairs with them? No, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head up with them, but I might be the last one in the room sort of looking around, waiting for Doran to see what his take on it is. And then it's definitely B's arrow. It's got a B on but it. But she missed. <laughs> yeah, unless she was aiming for the door frame. Innkeeper Fadla leads you through a corridor and then up a creaky staircase. And as you walk the staircase, you note that there are some droplets of blood on each step leading Ooh. down. Fadla leads you to a door that's cracked open and it's leaking light out into the hallway. You open the door and inside this chamber, you are greeted by a scene that looks like a Renaissance painting. Honeybee of the Meadow is sitting on the edge of a bed bathed in golden lantern light. She's surrounded in rumpled white linens stained here and there with blood. Her lithe form is bent over a figure lying prone in bed, naked chested and bandaged. Orin Yogilvy has never looked so frail. His curly hair is plastered to his face in fever sweat. His eyes are closed. B turns quickly to you as you come through the door, and when she sees you, Red, her eyes well with tears. I think he's going to be okay. Red runs over and kneeling on the floor next to them, sort of puts his hands around both and kisses her on the cheek. And he's like, you can't scare me like that. Is he? And he sort of cautiously places a hand on Ogle's tummy and... Does he feel, like, feverish, or what is he... Do you want to roll a medicine check? Sure. 13. Yeah, he feels a little warm. And then, you know, through now weeping eyes of his own, Red looks up towards Kraloth, who's just a foot behind him. She turns to you, Kraloth. They had a cleric in here earlier, but didn't... Shush, shush. It's okay. It's all right. Let me, uh... Let me take a look at him. And Kraloth is going to kneel down. He's going to pull out various spices. Yes, some of them he has used in his cooking. Uh, and uh, he's he's going to get to work. And um, as he's muttering a prayer at the same time, uh, he's going to cast the same spell that he cast on Red earlier. He's going to cast it on himself to do a medicine check. So he's going to get an enhance ability. He's got advantage on this roll. Okay, so that's a 17 plus... 
six. So 23 medicine check. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you make a thorough assessment of this man's condition, taking his pulse, feeling the energy coming off of his skin, magical clerical menstruations, and you determine that Orin is still bleeding somewhere inside and that Oof. who wherever whoever uh, healed him earlier this morning, they their powers were inadequate to staunch that flow, and he's going to need some help from you. I'm just going to cast Cure Wounds and uh, put as much of my cleric power into it uh, as possible and uh, see if that helps. Cleric power! (laughs) (laughs) A surge of warmth and light radiates through my hands and descends upon his body. And then... His breathing evens out, and he enters what you know to be just an untroubled sleep, uh, something that his body probably needs right now. Um, And he turns over in kind of a comfortable way, resting. And Red looks to be as Kraloth is sort of preparing this, and he's like, what happened? B looks around to the four of you and... And then casts her eyes around the room. We decided to leave Danivar's house after uh, two days because it was so expensive. And, well, we just wanted a change of scenery. Thought it would be nice. And, well, we came here. We woke up in the middle of the night, Orin and I, to a terrible commotion. Sarah. And then she looks the other bed in the room this piece of furniture has been marred by some violence it is all bloody mattress and torn sheets she screamed in pain writhing she was she was being murdered she was stabbed to death no it was by some cloaked figure in the middle of the night and we rolled out of bed I, I took my bow and arrows of course I pushed past the creature into the hallway Orin couldn't see anything it was too dark not even morning he took some terrible injury in his side on the way out the door the figure followed us in hot pursuit I fired at him protecting Orin behind me and retreating downstairs then a second figure came in through the front door of the tavern so we fled back toward the kitchen there were two cooks who I guess had come in early for baking or something that were surprised by us and they had knives kitchen knives and they brought us inside and they pushed a heavy kitchen table in front of the door to, to prevent them from coming in so that we could be defended then And she turns just pale here and her eyes get really wide. Heedless of that obstacle, two figures moved through the wall beside the door. I fired arrows at the attackers and Orin threw whatever was close to him, ladles, pans, and the two cooks set upon the creatures with their knives. One of them fell 
cut down. And then I scored a direct hit to the creature's neck, and it fell to the floor. The remaining assassin retreated, phasing back through the wall, out of sight. But Dad, it said something to me. I, I can't remember. Through the haze of battle, I was so afraid. It said something like, Every burrow will be turned out, and the warren set ablaze. What did the creature look like? It had the same dead eyes, burning with vengeance. It was them. It was the Hunt Lords. The Hunt Lords return? My God! Anyway, thanks to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Mitchell Cadwell, Mary Karniski, Jessica Orrit, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Katie Orrit, and Merlin. See you, well, I guess we'll see you this weekend at Invictus Con! B turns to you, Red. Did you want to clap or... Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Craylon. You say it's what I do. I mean, <laughs> it, it was worth a clap. Yeah. We're... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.